Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Indiana Sports Now with Ken Sterling for Monday, November 9th, 2020. We're brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill, just the best that there is. That's all. If you're going to take control of your dental health, you know what? Hire a dentist who's great. And that is Dr. Mike O'Neill. Let's welcome to the show the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Colts, of course, not victorious yesterday against the Baltimore Ravens. A tough go of it in the second half. Frank Reich, thank you for joining us. Let me ask you first, when you've got a period of time like you had at the opening of the second half, first 18 minutes, you guys were able to run four plays. Does that make it more difficult for you as a play caller, knowing that it's very, very difficult for you guys to get the ball back? It puts a premium on those calls. How hard is that? I mean, it's hard, but we, we got to create our own opportunities. It simply was not good enough on offense, not good enough by me, not good enough by our offensive coaches, not good enough by, you know, the offensive players. So, um, yeah, I mean, as a play caller, it, it, like when we came out in the game, to start the game, it felt a, a lot of rhythm, you know, felt like, man, we were dialing up things and creating chunk plays in the run game and had a few in the pass game, moved the ball, you know, felt felt like we were rolling. But then, um, you know, when you turn it over and then go three and out, you know, it's hard to get in the rhythm. And that, that's, that's not on any one person. You know, that's not on the off. It's, it's on all of us. And it's on all of us. We got to stop them on defense. We got to create our own opportunities on offense. And, um, you know, and you go through, it's a, it's a game. I mean, that's going to happen. You're going to have three and outs. Um, you're going to have some three and outs and you got to be able to survive that. You got to be able to survive some three and outs. Um, they happen in every game almost. And, uh, you know, in the defense there, you got to, we have to understand that every now and then they're, the opposing offense is going to have a couple long drives. We got to be able, we got to be a good enough team in all three phases to survive those things. And, uh, yesterday we weren't. Let me ask you about Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan, of course, with the fumble yesterday. Is that the reason that the leash is so short with Jonathan? Almost no use the last two weeks in the second half? Um, well, yesterday it was we had 15 carries in the first half and six in the second. So that, that as far as yesterday, that's just the way it rolled. The game before uh, the Detroit game, it was more because uh, Jordan had the hot hand. So... Um, you know, yesterday, like I said, our, our plan was to roll the guys, you know, by committee. And, you know, and then we only had four plays in the third quarter. And then the, when we touched the, for the first time we touched the ball in the fourth quarter, you know, we were down by 11. So it was a little bit more pass oriented. Well, let me ask you then, what's your level of confidence in Jonathan? Um, you know, I've con- I have a lot of confidence in all of our backs. I mean, you got to prove it all the time. Um, you know, I wish, as someone was alluding to earlier, I wish we could have got Jonathan, you know, more touches as the game went on. Because especially, you know, you know, we all know that Jonathan, you know, Jonathan came in and, there, you know, in college had a little bit of a history of putting the ball on the ground and came in here and through the first part of the year has been flawless in that regard. So um, you really want to get him back in and get his hands on the ball and, um, 
you know, and shake that one off. Uh, you know, but the flow of the game and the way the plays were called and the whole deal just didn't play out like that where we couldn't get him a whole, a whole bunch more touches. But um, he'll continue, you know, he'll continue to uh, get opportunities and we'll continue to mix it up. All right, let me ask you about Naheem Hines. Only one touch the last three quarters yesterday. Why so little use of Naheem Hines? Yeah, the ball, you know, I mean, we we design plays to go to Naheem, and uh, he's in the game plan every week, and sometimes they play a different coverage or you got to get a different look, and you, you got to go where the progression takes you. Um, you know, after him coming off a game like he just had, you know, it's usually what happens is they pay attention to you a little bit more the next week. And so the second part B of that answer is, you know, I thought we effectively used the Michael Harris in a role that sometimes Naheem plays. So it's to our advantage as an offense when we can have more than one guy play the same role. I think that that can do a good job of keeping teams off balance for those kind of plays that we like to get. Now, it could be unfortunate for Naheem. You know, he wants all those plays, but, uh, you know, and we think he's a great player and we'll continue to feature him. But I also know that I've just experienced it over the years. Guy comes off a game like he just did and teams gear up for you. And so you spread it around and, and complement it in other ways. All right. The deep shots yesterday were not effective. Is there a reason for that? And, and why the lack of explosiveness, other than the Ravens have a pretty good defense. Other than that, why the lack of explosiveness from the offense? Um. Well, I would say this, you know, naturally, yeah, we didn't hit as many down the field passes yesterday. Um, they played a little bit more cover two than we were, than they had shown against other teams. I think that was out of respect for Phillip and respect and respect for our passing game. Um, you know, when we talk about chunks, I mean, if you look at Phillip's yards per attempt, you know, it's up, it's up there pretty high um, for the year. And at least from my vantage point, um, you know, that, that's a pretty important stat. Um, so I think we've been getting chunk plays, maybe not as many 50, 60 yarders just running by guys, but I think we've been able to create and execute 20 and 25 yard plays that have led to Phillip having a high yards per attempt. And then in the run game, you know, we're talking about explode. We had, you know, yesterday we're going up against one of the better defenses, run defenses or defenses period. And we have five explosive runs. That's the most we've had in the game all season. DeForest Buckner yesterday, a huge play force in that fumble. What has been the most impressive thing to you, both on the field and off the field, about DeForest Buckner? On the field, he's a complete player. He plays the run. He plays the pass. He gives relentless effort. Um, he makes he makes big-time plays. Um he he's he's the he's a complete player. He's a game wrecker. Um, you know, I, you know, maybe the sack numbers aren't adding up like some people, but I'm just telling you, this guy's impacting the game. He's impacting the game. He's getting double teamed. They know where he's at at all times. Um, you talk to coaches after the game; they're telling you that. Um, so, and then he is a great leader off the field. He's the consummate leader. He's works hard. He's in early. He's home late. Um, he's a great teammate. He's unselfish, you know, even when he's getting double teamed or triple teamed or whatever the case may be and, and freeing up other guys, he's still giving relentless effort and he's celebrating the other guys, you know, getting some sacks or, 
making plays, but yet he's still making his share of plays. I mean, this guy is he's he is everything that you would think he would be and more. You guys play the Titans two of the next three weeks, including this Thursday, just three days away. Is this the period where the race in the AFC South kind of crystallizes? I mean, yeah, it's a big game. I mean, um, it's a big game, uh, you know, but I think it's still too early to say, hey, this is, you know, this is a all or nothing kind of game, but it, there's no doubt it's a, it's a huge game. We win it, we're tie, you know, tie for the lead in our division, um, and, you know, at six and three. And, you know, with a win over the team that we're tied with, uh, if we can pull that off. So uh, we know it's another good football team, um, a, a, a team that, you know, knows how to win games. That, that's what that's what we really need to do. We need to we need to prove that we can win these kind of games against tough teams. I, I know we have the talent and the players to do it. Um, you know, we proved that yesterday in many ways. We just have to take the final step of closing these kind of games out against really good te- against the kind of teams that you see in the playoffs. And uh, I believe we have those players and coaches to do that. And, uh, but time will tell that's, that's, we'll find out over the, the course of the season. Like we said, Colts Thursday night football against the Tennessee Titans. And this is kind of it. If you win this game, like Frank said, you're tied in the AFC South with a win over your primary rival in that race. So that sets up a home game in a couple of weeks against the Titans where maybe you can kind of start to think about putting this thing away. You know, and if you lose, conversely, you've got a loss against the Titans and you're two games back. This is an absolute monster of a football game. And that's a cool thing at the NFL season, right? Is that week after week, the season gets a little bit shorter and a little bit shorter. And with only 16 games, you got to take advantage of every opportunity And that is why that season-opening loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars was so gut-wrenching because you knew that come week 10, week 12, week 16, you were going to be in a position where a win instead of a loss against a bottom feeder in the league was going to be much, much better for your playoff chances and your chances to earn maybe a division crown, maybe home field advantage, and that kind of thing. You just can't, if you're the Indianapolis Colts, you cannot lose games that you're supposed to win. You cannot get beat by lesser opponents. Or the season, poof, there it goes. There's a lot on the table yet. Halfway through, the Colts at 5-3, and three, it's all there for them. Now, are they going to get there? It depends on where there is. An AFC South championship, I think they can get there. Because what the Titans have kind of matches up pretty well with the Indianapolis Colts offensively to defensively. Now, the other way around, I think it's pretty good, too. I think the Colts' offense matches up pretty well with the Titans' defense. We'll see what happens on Thursday night. Short week, hopefully everybody back from injury other than uh, Jack Doyle. It's going to be from a time perspective. He's in the concussion protocol, and it's almost impossible to get cleared in this short a window. So we don't expect that Jack Doyle is going to play. T.Y. Hilton still with that groin. T.Y., groins plus T.Y., you got to figure he's out another couple of weeks in all likelihood. And then uh, Frank Reich also spoke about Kamoko Ture and said he's going to be evaluated as the week goes on. Maybe this is the week he gets back on the field, and that'd be a good thing because Kamoko Ture can get to the quarterback in a way that we really haven't seen Ben Banigou get to the quarterback. And I would assume that Kamoko Ture would kind of fill that role that Banigou 
has filled through the first eight weeks. We'll see what happens. It's going to be fascinating. And, and the Colts are, are kind of right there. We know what Phillip Rivers is. Phillip Rivers is a great dude, right? He is not a franchise-level quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. He's just not that. Let's talk about the Indiana Hoosiers for just a second. I posted a piece at KenSterling.com about 18 things historically that have happened since Indiana was ranked in the top 10 of college football, which they are right now ranked 10th on the way into a noon game on Saturday at Michigan State. And then they play Ohio State. We'll see what happens there. But they get another week where they could post another win and move even higher in the top 10, which would be unbelievable. But the thing, how about this? Email was invented since Indiana was last in the top 10. The amazing Mets, they won the World Series over the Baltimore Orioles. You had Watergate. You had the end of the Vietnam War. You, you had all kinds of things. Bob Knight was both hired and fired by Indiana and won three national championships at Indiana since the last time IU. It, Lee Corsa was hired since the last time IU was in the top 10. A lot of things have happened since IU was last in the top 10. Tomorrow morning, breakfast with Kent Bright and early, 8 o'clock on the dot on Facebook Live, and then we do it again on Periscope and on, uh, on Twitter. It's a show so nice we do it twice. All brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. I can't wait to talk to you then.